Hello and welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Catechism Thursday, Lord's Day number 12. And real quick, pause this if you guys have not yet listened to Dr. David Van Drunen of Westminster Seminary, California, speaking on Two Kingdoms on Monday. So hopefully you guys can listen to that. I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas before we move on to this episode. So make sure you guys listen to that and let's go. We have question and answers 31 and 32 today. So question 31. Why is he called Christ, that is, anointed? Answer. Because he has been ordained by God the Father and anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption, our only high priest, who by the one sacrifice of his body has redeemed us and who continually intercedes for us before the Father and our eternal King, who governs us by his word and spirit and who defends and preserves us in the redemption obtained for us. So Rosinus moves on to his exposition of question answer 31. He says, Christ is both prophet, priest, and king, as the answer describes, because prophets, priests, and kings were anciently anointed, and by which was signified both an ordination to the office and also conferring of those gifts, which were necessary for the proper discharge for the duties thereby imposed. He is called anointed or Christ on account of these three, so that these parts of the office of the mediator are expressed in the one title of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed. So to summarize, Messiah anointed makes all of those three offices into one. It combines these three offices into one. Then he says, there are four questions. First, what is the anointing of Christ? Second, what is the prophetical office of Christ? Third, what is the priestly office of Christ? And fourth, what is the kingdom office of Christ? So first question, what is the anointing of Christ? Anointing signifies an ordination or calling to the office by which they were thus set apart the promise and bestowment of the gifts necessary for the purpose of sustaining those upon whom the burden of either of these offices were imposed. Those anointed under the Old Testament were types of Christ, so that they anointing, so that their anointing was that of a shadow, imperfect, but Christ is perfect. None in the Old Testament received all the gifts, but Christ received all to the fullest and highest. Christ was anointed because he was ordained to the office of mediator by the will of his heavenly Father, because his human nature was endowed with the Holy Spirit without measure. Christ's prophet, priest, king, and mediator confirmed by these two fundamental rules. The properties of the one nature of the mediator are attributed to the whole person in the concrete. The names are attributed to the whole person in respect to both natures, yet preserving the properties of each nature individually. So what he's saying there is he has these three offices 
being the mediator, these three are separate offices, but fully comprises that of his person. Second question, what is the prophetical office of Christ? A prophet declares and explains God's will to men concerning things present or future, which otherwise would have remained unknown, inasmuch as the truths which he reveals are of such a nature that men of themselves could never have obtained a knowledge of them. The prophetical office of Christ is to reveal God and his whole will to angels and men and proclaim the law and keep it free from errors and corruptions of men, to institute and preserve the ministry of the gospel. Christ should be effectual through his ministry to institute minds, to illuminate minds, and move hearts to faith and obedience by the gospel. To sum up the whole in a few words, the prophetical office of Christ consists of three parts. To reveal the will of God, or will of the Father, to institute a ministry, and to teach internally or effectually through this ministry. And then Christ is different from all other prophets because Christ is the Son of God, the Lord of all, and prophets are only men. Christ brought forth the word from the Father to men. Other prophets and apostles are called and sent by Christ. The prophetical wisdom of Christ is infinite. Christ is the fountain of truth. Other prophets merely proclaim and reveal what they receive from Christ. Christ preaches effectually through his own external ministry. Other prophets are instruments which Christ employs. The doctrine of Christ is clear and more complete than Moses and other prophets. Christ had authority of himself. Others have their authority from Christ. Then the third question, what is the priestly office of Christ? A priest in general is a person anointed or appointed by God for the purpose of offering oblations and sacrifices for interceding and teaching others. A high priest alone entered the most holy place with blood offered for himself and others, had a more splendid apparel than others, was placed above the rest, offered sacrifice and made intercession for himself and others. He consulted with others under the direction of God. All the priests, therefore, of the Old Testament were types of Christ. Yet the typical character of the high priest represented Christ, the true and great high priest of the church. And typical just means a type a sign, something that points towards something else. So the high priest and the priest pointed towards Christ. There are four principal parts of the priestly office of Christ. To teach men, to offer himself a sacrifice for the sins of the world, to make continual intercession and prayer for us to the Father, and to apply his sacrifice unto those whom he intercedes. Christ is different from other priests in that Old Testament priests teach only uh, with the external voice. Christ teaches by inward and efficaciously working of the Holy Spirit. Old Testament, do not, Old Testament priests do not make continual intercession nor obtain what they pray for. They do not apply their own benefits to others. They do not offer themselves as, as sacrifice. 
all this belongs to Christ alone. And his last question, what is the kingdom of what is the kingdom office of Christ? A king is a person ordained by God that he may rule over certain people according to just laws, that he may have power to reward the good and punish evil, and that he may defend his subjects not having any one superior or above him. The kingly office of Christ is therefore to rule the church by his word and spirit, to preserve and defend us against enemies, to bestow his church with gifts and glory, to liberate the church from all evils. Question and answer number 32. Why are you called a Christian? Answer. Because I am a member of you are a member of Christ by faith and thus share in his anointing so that I may, as a prophet, confess his name, as a priest, can present myself a living sacrifice of thankfulness to him and as king, fight with a free and good conscience against sin and the devil in this life and hereafter reign with him eternally over all creatures." And then Rosinus' exposition. If you guys noticed, what he did was he displayed the offices of Christ first and then unifies us with Christ. So Rosinus' exposition. Why are Christians called anointed? Two reasons. Because we are members of Christ by faith and are made partakers of his anointing. To be a member of Christ is to be engrafted into him and to be united to him by the same Holy Spirit dwelling in him and in us, and by his Holy Spirit to be made a possessor of such righteousness and life as it in Christ, and to be made acceptable to God on account of this righteousness of Christ, imputed unto us by faith, inasmuch as this righteousness is imperfect in this life. How are we related in this union to Christ? Christ is the living head from whom the Holy Spirit is made to pass over into every member, and members are united with each other and among themselves by mutual love. In the church there is but one body, but there are various gifts and offices, and only one Spirit, by whose benefit and help each individual member performs his appropriate office. Christ, the highest place in the church, has the highest place in the church because in him, the Spirit is without me measure, and from His fullness we receive good gifts. But in Christians, we who are, who are the members of Christ, only a certain measure of gifts, which is made over to them from Christ their head. Christ is our head in three respects. In respect to the perfection of His person, in the dignity and order, glory and majesty, which He declares Himself to be King, Lord, and Heir of all things in respect to his office. We are members of Christ in three respects, because by faith and the Holy Spirit we are joined with him, because we are quickened and governed by Christ and drawn from him, because there are various powers and functions as members of the church, so different gifts and offices as members in Christ. Our prophetical office is rightly to know God and his will, that everyone in his place and degree profess the same. Our priesthood is to teach others to call upon God, having a correct knowledge of Him, to render proper gratitude, worship, and obedience in God. 
Christ communicates his priestly office to us by accomplishing and bringing to pass that we offer these above sacrifices of thanksgiving by causing them to be acceptable and pleasing to God. The sacrifice of Christ differs from that of the Old Testament in Christ offered at the sacrifice of thanksgiving and propitiation. The sacrifice of Christ was perfect. The sacrifice of Christ is meritorious in itself. The kingly office of Christians is to oppose and overcome by faith the devil, world, and all enemies. To subdue all enemies. We are kings because we are lords over all creatures in Christ. Because we conquer all enemies through faith in Christ. And Christ's kingship differs in that the kingdom of Christ is hereditary because he's the natural son of God. We are adopted. He alone is king over all creatures and especially the church. Christ conquers his enemies through his own power. Christ rules the world by the scepter of his spirit and word, restoring in us his image, which was lost. The doctrine, this doctrine, is of great importance, one, for our consolation, and two, for admonition and exhortation. Thanks again for joining us for Catechism Thursday, number 12, for the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. Again, if you guys have not yet listened to Monday's podcast on the two kingdoms with Dr. David Van Drunen. Please go listen to that. Look forward to next Monday. We have Dr. Guy Waters talking to us about covenant theology, going through his new book on covenant theology. You guys won't want to miss it to break down the three covenants, how they relate to Christ and how they relate to us. I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas tomorrow, and I hope you guys have a fantastic new year. See you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast where we bridge the gap to reformed theological truth. Please subscribe to us on your podcast catcher. Review us. Give us five stars. Help others find this podcast through your review. Find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want to follow us there. Keep up with our updates and who we're interviewing next and a couple quotes that you guys might find really enriching. We hope to see you guys next week.